This week on Show Me Your News, Pokemon Trainer, Tether Recovery, and Stickers? We cover them all in this week's Rundown. As if Ike wasn't enough a couple weeks ago, we became aware of the next brand new character introduced to the Smash Brothers world, Pokemon Trainer. But he doesn't actually even fight. How will his style of battle fit in the Smash Bros style of play, and is it right for the game? If you've played as Samus in Melee, you should be well aware that she can use her grapple beam to recover on edges. Well, we got our first look this week of Zero Suit Samus being able to do the same with her Plasma Whip. Is this tether recovery aspect a waste of time in combat, or is it really quite handy? Move over, trophies, because the stickers are here. These collectible items showing oh so many Nintendo characters in their promotional artwork have officially been announced as being part of the game. What's the general reaction to stickers, and how can these be used in a better way than trophies ever were? This week's Show Yourself features Second Stamp. What character is his main, and will he be back in Brawl? What two characters does he have high hopes for to make the cut in the Brawl roster? You'll just have to listen to Second's Smash Background. This week's Brawl Viewpoint comes to us from Samurai Panda, best known for his translation thread and character attacks thread. It centers around the entire concept of balance in the Smash world. How are characters going to be balanced in Brawl, and what's the history of balance in past Smash Brothers games? This is a mammoth of a Brawl viewpoint, you've gotta check it out. Masahiro Sakurai, I implore you to... Show me a news! This is Show Me Your News, a Super Smash Brothers Brawl discussion podcast. All support comes from Smash World Forums at smashboards.com and from the Smash Brothers blog at www.smashbrawl.com. And now, here's your host Yoko with How goes things, Smash fans? Welcome to Show Me Your News, your weekly weekend podcasting source recapping the biggest news in anticipation of Super Smash Bros. Brawl. My name is Yoko, and I'm here this week to go over the news from the past week for you all in audio format. Today is August 19th, and this is week 7 of the podcast. We're moving right along, and things are looking greater than ever. In the future, look for Show Me Your News to be featured on the Smash Bros. blog, and you'll soon be able to download the podcast through iTunes and onto your iPod, thanks to our wonderful moderator support over at Smash World Forums. So let's get things started and dive right on into... The Rundown! Call him Red. Call him Ash. Call him Pokemon Trainer. Fact is, he's the latest entry in the ever-growing list of confirmed Brawl characters, and we got word of this on Monday. Once again, we were greeted with the warning, challenger approaching sign that attempts to build more excitement than we already have for these daily updates. But I'll just say this, for those who have their monitors set on high pixel resolution, that effect becomes rather, well, ineffective. Anyway, the fact is, we got a new character to fascinate over, and boy, is this one something. Now, many people didn't expect this move to happen, because honestly, for all that we know from the Pokemon video games, Red is a pansy. That's right, a pansy. 
with a giant head and ridiculously short extremities. I mean, he couldn't fight hand-to-hand -hand combat for all his worth, so he has his Pokemon do the fighting for him. And so we thought, no way could he fit in a game like Super Smash Bros. Brawl. But were we wrong? Oh, sadistic Sakurai, were we ever wrong? We obviously couldn't take into account the fact that the Pokemon Trainer character might actually stay loyal to its original franchise by keeping the character out of the fray, and yes, have his Pokemon battle on behalf of him. And that's just what Sakurai did. And honestly, in hindsight, the community couldn't love him more for it, because this is just a fantastically original character. Red takes his appearance from the Fire Red and Leaf Green versions of Pokemon, and as such, he carries three Pokemon with him, these being Squirtle, Ivysaur, and Charizard, varying evolutions of the starting Pokemon of that game. Three ideas come to mind immediately with this update, the first centering around the concept of the three playable characters in one. Obviously, the special move possibilities are definitely out there. Since the down B switches out the active Pokemon, that leaves the standard B, up B, and side B for three characters, giving nine special moves that have to be filled. Some obvious moves that just have to be filled, in my opinion, are Squirtle's Water Gun, probably as a standard B, Squirtle's Rapid Spin as an up B, similar to Bowser's up B, Ivysaur's Razor Leaf as a standard B, and Charizard needs to use his wings for his up B, no question. The possibilities are really endless, and that's just one of the very exciting things for this update. Secondly, not so many people have considered this for most of the characters, but how will alternate costumes play a role in distinguishing this character? Now, some of the Pokemon costumes in Melee are just downright amusing, one of my favorites being the Pichu with the aviator goggles, since, you know, I send him flying so often. Plus, you also can't go wrong with a Pikachu in a party hat. However, when you start messing with the color tints like what happened with Mewtwo, then it just becomes a little bit strange. I'm all for anti-color tints for the Pokemon, but something I would love to see is vast changes in the alternate costumes for the Pokemon Trainer. It would just be awesome in my opinion to see the gold, silver, and ruby sapphire models of the Trainer. In addition, to have a female Trainer as an option would just be a splendid idea in order to appeal to that audience. It ideally shouldn't be that hard to do, since the Trainer will only do set movements in the background, so as long as they have the character model worked out, it should be a go. Finally, and most importantly, how will this character be worked out when it comes to the overall balance scheme? Will one Pokemon in the lineup dominate over the others? Well, thankfully, Sakurai has this one already answered for us. By implementing a stamina bar for each Pokemon, we'll be forced to rotate and not over-abuse one Pokemon over the other. Honestly, this is probably the best news of the week, because it was a simple solution to something that could have become a huge problem. Not only that, but the stamina bar could go a long way in regulating other potentially lopsided transformations, like a certain Sheikah Alter Ego, assuming she's a go as rumored, that is. However, as great an idea as this is, it should not be abused and should only be saved for special cases, but I'm sure that Sakurai does know what he's doing. I'll tell you, it really brings the community to a wonderful state of excitement to see a new character announced. So many things could be discussed since the concept of this character is so new and fresh in our heads. There's obviously the debate of what this means for the remaining hopefuls in the Pokemon franchise, but that's for another time. I'll leave this one for you to mull over your heads though. What could the final smash be for Pokemon Trainer? Wouldn't it be just awesome if he retreats the Pokemon currently out and out of nowhere, pulls out a legendary Pokemon to annihilate the competition? My vote's for that one, that's for sure. Now, let's touch on some of the updates that won't be covered as in-depth quickly, shall we? On Tuesday the 14th, we got the Devil Assist Trophy. This character is from the Japan-only game Devil World, and he has a rather eerie power. 
He can literally shift the stage over to the side just by pointing his fingers in that direction. From there, chaos ensues as the characters have nearly nowhere to fall but down. All that seems to remain will be a tiny piece of the stage on the side, so two characters will ideally be able to get back if they're lucky, one on the stage and one hanging from the edge. This could really be a dangerous assist trophy, it's the first one we've seen that makes a KO highly likely with its appearance, and that's really not too good for balance of the assist trophies. It'll also be interesting to see how the devil works his magic on moving stages like Rumble Falls instead of stationary ones like Battlefield as we've seen. To end off the week on Friday, we were given another character update, but this one wasn't obviously as shocking as Pokemon Trainer. In fact, we've already seen this character before from two weeks ago in the Subspace Emissary update. That's right, Peach finally got her website debut, and from the first official picture of her, it's clear to see that the studio is really going all out on character designs. For one thing, the detail in the dress is just stunning. Don't get me wrong, in Melee the graphics are quite decent, but it's not even close when compared to Brawl. When the lace is being accented to the smallest details, you know that they're doing their best. Anyway, not a lot seems to have changed about Peach's character. She can still use Toda's protection, and she still has her trusty parasol to float through the air. Of course, what all Peach players really want to know is if she still has her down smash, and if it's been nerfed at all. But of course, that still has yet to be seen. The day before, Thursday, on the other hand, brought about one of those interesting how-to-play updates. Now, a lot of people didn't find it to be that insightful, but I prefer to see beyond the face value. The tether recovery gameplay aspect is back, and while it's pretty much only used extensively by Samus and occasionally by Link and Young Link in Melee, it was almost like a secret in that game. It certainly wasn't a feature of a character that was advertised, but more like discovered by players, almost like wave dashing. Well, Sakurai has amended all the secrecy with the technique by putting it out in the open by showing screenshots of Zero Suit Samus recovering by hanging on the edge with her plasma whip. There are a couple things that need to be noticed here though. First, just by taking a look at the screenshots for face value, we're obviously on the Bridge of Elden stage, that's a no-brainer. However, since the side boundaries lie past the lateral extremities of the stage, it's clear that the only hole in the stage is caused by the Moblin dropping the bomb in the middle of the level. It was unknown before if characters would be able to hang on these newly created edges, but these screenshots prove that indeed we can. Honestly, should we ever doubt Sakurai? The next facet to notice is Sakurai pointing out that she is using her up B to recover in this fashion, which is quite intriguing. Samus, Link, and Young Link all use their grabs to recover like this in melee, which became extremely difficult to accomplish if you're trying to use DI at the same time of the grab. But really, how is this move going to be effective at all during non-recovery moments? Say if you're in mid-air above the stage and you decided to use the up B, what good would sending the plasma whip upward do? What does one accomplish by latching onto the air? I think we all know that if the move stays the same, it would either be illogical, foolish, or any other similar word you can think of. Of course, Sakurai could find a way to alter the move when you're not in recovery mode, but that would just be ridiculous. Where do you draw the line? I think I would be much happier if this stayed as a grab like in Melee, but alas, no dice. So obviously, the question comes to mind which characters will be able to use this idea of tether recovery. Obviously, Samus and Zamus are prime picks, and so is Link. Hopefully the Twilight Princess theme carries over though, and the claw shot is used, not the hook shot from Ocarina of Time. The next glaring addition to the list of tether characters has to be Ivysaur, who was just announced in conjunction with the Pokemon Trainer. Ivysaur primarily fights with his Vine Whip and Razor Leaf attacks, 
So there is no doubt in my mind that he will use those whips, just like Zamus uses the plasma whip. However, beyond that, there aren't too many sure things. Unless you really want to go out on a stretch and say that if Simon Belmont from Castlevania is going to make the cut, then he'll definitely use his whip. But slow down there, buddy. You're really going out of limb on that one. Overall, this is a pretty decent update, but in all honesty, there are much better how-to-play updates that could have been covered. But hey, there could have been worse ones as well. Stickers. Yes, the ones you slap on your notebook or skateboard or whatever. Stickers. Are you serious, Sakurai? That's right, forget trophies and assembling them in a gallery. This time around we get to collect stickers and put them together in an album. I don't know, this was one of those updates that you could find some potential in. Of course, that is after you're done scratching your head pondering the fact that this is actually going to be in the game. Now, you're probably saying, Yoko, what do you mean, potential? They're just stickers. Ah, well, it's a matter of principle, my dear listeners. It's a matter of what can be done with collectible objects such as these. It's a matter of technology that wasn't available six years ago for the GameCube with Melee's release. It's a matter of features that lie beyond the core of the game itself, features that will make this game especially memorable. That's right, we're talking online capabilities. Sakurai claims that stickers will be easier to collect than trophies, and if I may venture a guess, I'm going to guess that there might be actually more stickers than there were trophies in Melee. Three-dimensional models had to be made for trophies, but these seem to be almost essentially JPEGs taken from Nintendo's past promotional artwork over the years. These would essentially take up less space on the game disc, but also take less time to create. Sakurai also gives screenshots of screenshots. Wait, what? Well, let's break that confusing statement down. In your album, you'll be able to organize your stickers in any fashion you wish, and save a screenshot of that page on your Wii's memory. The screenshots on the website show that process. Does that make sense now? Good, let's continue then. There are certainly many ideas that can implement the Wii's Wii Connect 24 online system, but there are a couple that stand out above all the rest. Members of the Smash World forums have been quick to point out that it would be easy to send these screenshots to your friends, which is a fantastic idea. Want to prove that you've acquired this rare sticker? Have you created a sticker montage that's worthy of some sort of display? Well then send it as an attachment to your friends so that they can either be envious or in awe of your accomplishment. It'd be a very small feature in the grand scheme of things, but it would be one of those nice touches to a game that could take it above and beyond what people expect of it. However, I have an idea that would make stickers actually worth collecting. It's something that Madden has gotten right for the past several years. The real value of these stickers would show if you could wager them in online battles. This would be an idea that would just add so much to the online gaming experience for Brawl. Of course, you wouldn't have to wager any stickers on matches. If you just want to kick back and smash it up with someone else risk-free, that would be totally quick and easy. If you've had your eye on one of your friend's stickers, though, challenge them online for it. Complete your collection this way. This idea could also be developed into having a special Smash-related sticker that you could link to one of your friends on your friend list. A fierce rival, let's say. What you could do with this is have it be like a trophy that the winner holds onto as a result of online battles. For college football fans, this is best analogized as a traveling trophy between schools. Whether it's the little brown jug for Michigan and Minnesota, the golden hat for Texas and Oklahoma, or the victory bell for USC and UCLA, these types of trophies are highly disputed over, and the same idea could be carried over for stickers in Super Smash Bros. Brawl. But I'll spare you my sports junkiness and wrap things up. 
Part of me is disappointed that trophies are going to be losing their collectivity value in the Smash Brothers community, and will now only symbolize the characters once they've reached a state of death. It would have been so much cooler to wage battles online for bragging rights to a trophy, and not just a sticker. But we must face the facts and realize that stickers are the new trophies now, despite the fact that it seems like a very strange transition. The online possibilities with these new collectibles, though, are certainly out there, and it only takes a few of them to make this game one of the best in our time, aside from all the other wonderful things that Sakurai will send our way. That's it for the rundown, now it's time to meet a member of the Smashboards with... Show Yourself! For this week's Show Yourself, we are introduced to Callum Stamp, also known as Second Stamp on the Smash World forums. Let's take a listen at his Smash Brothers background and hopes for Brawl. Take it away, Second. Hey everyone, I'm Callum Stamp. But if anything, you might know me under my online name as Second. I'm a small-time animator, and I focus around sprite fights ever since I played the original Smash Brothers. There, I made Mario, and I still do in Melee. Why? Well, actually, I'm a big fan of the Mario series, so it was easy to jump into Mario's character, since he pretty much has an all-around personality. Melee wasn't a big leap forward character-wise for me. I'm nothing near a professional, I'm actually below average, I believe. Next to my main Mario, I also play as either Pikachu or Ice Climbers. Pikachu has always been my second choice in Smash 64, and I thought Ice Climbers had potential ever since I started advanced combos. All that aside, I still love changing characters from time to time. And what about Brawl? Of course, Mario was announced first, along with Link, Pikachu, and Kirby, so my main was back. What am I looking forward to in the new game? I want to feel the excitement of unlocking new characters again, and hopefully obtaining trophies too. I'm pretty interested in Pit too, but I'm sure I'll try all the characters to see who fits best. So who do I want in Nintendo's all-star fighting game? My vote goes out for both Lucario and Wind Waker Link, the hero of wins. If anyone of the Pokemon franchise, Lucario seems best fit, seeing as he can awesomely be brawlified and would have a unique psychic fighting moveset. And the Wind Waker wielding Islander? Also here, unique moves. I'd rather not see him as the new version of Young Link, since great moves like Wind's Requiem, Skull Hammer and the Deku Leap would be left out. That would be uh, really a shame. Third party character choices would be Sonic, who wouldn't want to see him, and Ryu from Ninja Gaiden. Possible since his appearance on the DS of course. Although these would be awesome, I think next to Snake there won't be any more third party characters. But that choice is all yours, Sakurai. Well, that's all for me. It's all yours, Yoko. Keep it up. Very nice second. I agree, Lucario would be a great Pokemon addition, and Wind Waker Link should only be added if he's going to have a fresh moveset in comparison to Young Link. Alright then, it's time to get ready for this week's... Brawl Viewpoint. This week's Brawl Viewpoint comes to us from Samurai Panda. With two games already in the annals of Smash Bros. history, balance is something that has to be taken heavily into account, with Brawl just around the corner. Let's take a listen at what Samurai Panda has on his mind regarding on how Brawl should be balanced. Thanks, Yoko. 
My name on the boards is Samurai Panda, and many of you listening have probably heard of me because of my translation thread or my much more recent character attack thread. I'm here to talk to you today about the balance and brawl, what I expect and why I expect it. Let me just apologize for the quality of my microphone. I don't quite sound as good as Yoko, but then again, no one really does. Now, before I talk about the balance and brawl, I should talk about the games that came before it. Let me start with the balance in Smash 64. Although I was never an avid player of the 64 version, I know that there were two characters that occupied the god tier, Ness and Kirby. Items weren't really that unbalanced because they didn't explode randomly, and spiking was definitely overpowered, which was perhaps unexpected to Sakurai, something I'll explain later. And everyone knows throws were really, really strong. Now the balance in Melee was a little bit different. The roster was a whopping 26 characters, meaning it was pretty much impossible to make the game without tears. I've been an avid RTS and even MMO player, so I understand just how hard it is to balance the game with much less variety than Melee. Now, the items still aren't too unbalanced, but the random explosions were definitely unfair and caused them to be banned in tournaments. The two characters in the god tier of Melee are Fox and Falco, and you pretty much saw the same small group of characters winning tournaments. But perhaps the most important aspect of balance in Melee was the new technique discovered, one Sakurai didn't make, and one that changed the tiers of the game completely. Yeah, I'm talking about wave dashing. Some characters received a big boost in the tiers because of their wave dashing abilities. Luigi comes to mind. But you know, there's something about these tiers that you all should keep in mind, okay? Melee was not balanced to make every character playable one-on-one -on -one in the same six stages with no items. Melee was balanced more so towards the casual player as opposed to the hardcore player. Some characters that are extremely hard to use in one-on-ones, like Mewtwo and Pichu, were actually made to take advantage of items and they suffer without them. And other characters are much more suited to a four-player free-for-all environment, like DK or Bowser. Now, think about what changed between Smash 64 and Melee. Sakurai unfortunately doesn't have a great track record in balancing characters so far, since the god-tier Ness and Kirby became the low-tier Ness and Kirby. He toned down throws to the extent that they're rarely used for KOs anymore, but more so just used to add damage and combo, which I personally don't think was a bad idea at all. And here's what I think is one of the most important points I'm going to make so far. I don't think Sakurai predicted the effectiveness and overall usage of spikes in 64. When he realized people were more or less abusing spikes, instead of some knee-jerk reaction getting rid of them, he decided to integrate them as an official technique in the game. He added methods of getting out of spikes to balance the game, and he even added a little ball of light when a character used an attack that acts like one. He took spiking and created a technique that was easy for any player to do, but hard to master. And that finally brings me to talking about Brawl. The first issue I'll address is the most debated topic on Smashboards, and probably one of the more important points I'm going to make. Will Wave Dashing return? Now, I personally don't care either way. I can wave dash, but it's really just not that important to me. Now, don't kill me over this, but I do, do not believe wave dashing will fully return. Just like Sakurai made spiking to a real technique embedded into the game, I think he'll do the same with some forms of wave dashing. 
Of course, I could be wrong. He could potentially make wave dashing an easier to do technique, just like spiking. But I really doubt it. Over the months of analyzing the trailers we've been given, it's evident that there is a scene where Pikachu does a normal shield roll on a small platform that hovers above the edge, something like Battlefield, and instead of stopping on the edge of the platform like he would melee, Pikachu slips off and grabs the edge of the stage. Oftentimes in melee, pros will wave dash backwards on a platform to edge guard by grabbing a ledge, and that is exactly what Pikachu did, but without wave dashing. There's also another scene in the trailer where Wario lands on a slanted surface, and his landing looked much like a wave landing because he kind of slid. You know, this could mean that Sakurai is making techniques that used to require wave dashing more accessible, but perhaps not all forms of it. And just like spiking in Melee, it will be the kind of thing that you'll have to be serious about to master. Now, an argument that often comes up about wave dashing is that Brawl will be running on the same engine as Melee, so there's no way to stop something that's simply an abuse of the physics in that engine. But this is something I learned that really made me doubt they'd bring back wave dashing. Brawl is using a different physics engine. They decided to use the Havoc engine, which can be found in many popular games like Half-Life 2 and Halo 2. The Havoc engine is why characters in Brawl can now stand on top of sliding boxes and jump off each other. They decided to add an engine specializing in collisions and character interaction with the environment. So yeah, wave dashing can be removed. And unfortunately for many, I do believe that for the most part it will be. Now if Sakurai completely removes it, I can definitely see a small but strong minority sticking with melee, like how some stuck with 64. That's enough about wave dashing. There's a lot more to balance besides that. For example, in melee, like uh, slower characters like my main Ganondorf, uh, for the most part, well, suck. Uh, quick characters run circles around them, and the high tiers are are reserved almost exclusively just for the fastest. But how do you balance out a slow character? They're plenty strong, so you don't need to make them stronger. And you can't make them faster because that kind of you know defies the point of a slow character. So, like in the old Marvel vs. Capcom games, uh, Sakurai decided to give them super armor during some attacks, meaning while you still take damage, you don't flinch. And I think that was a great move in Sakurai's part, and I can definitely imagine mind games galore in the Brawl metagame when it comes to these heavier characters. And I'm definitely looking forward to that. But Sakurai isn't done with the balancing. One of my favorite characters to play when I'm bored is the much ignored Zelda. Not Sheik but Zelda. Most people simply see Zelda as an obstacle between them and Sheik, or a way to recover when you're knocked far back. Apparently, I'm not alone in frowning on the usage of just one of two available characters. Sakurai evidently noticed that, well, nobody played Zelda, and with his new stamina idea that he's announced alongside the Pokemon trainer, he's fixed the problem in a way we never expected. All in all, balancing takes a lot of time, effort and testing. Arguably the most balanced game ever created took years of patching the game to get there and reach legendary status. For those of you who don't know, I'm talking about StarCraft. Now will Brawl launch with perfect balance and no tears? Absolutely not. I'm sorry, but that's the truth. Will there be a few characters that stand above the rest? 
Well, probably. Hopefully Sakurai will try to be careful about that, but uh, in all honesty, yes, it will probably happen. Now personally, I hope the game will be able to patch, be able to be patched for balance reasons, uh, and that they release a patch maybe once a year or so, but we'll see. Of course, there's still a lot more to keep an eye on as we wait for Brawl's release, like if he's a li little too heavy on the nerf stick for Fox and Brawl like he was for Ness and Kirby in Melee. And while Super Armor is a great way to uh, make heavy characters more viable, will he change how fast characters work to somehow balance Brawl unlike the speed-dominated Melee? Will it give us the option to turn off random exploding containers so items in tournaments can be reconsidered? I guess we'll just have to wait. Now, back to you, Yoko. Fantastic, Samurai Panda. That was extremely in-depth and well thought out. That'll do it for this week's... Brawl Viewpoint. Would you like to hear your Brawl opinions and views played here on Show Me Your News? Send a WAVE, MP3, or a WMA file with you discussing a topic of your choosing to dojopodcast at gmail.com. That's D-O-J-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com. And you may hear your voice and rant featured and heard as the next Brawl Viewpoint. You may also get your views heard by sending your discussion in text format to D-O-J-O-P-O-D-C-A-S-T at gmail.com to have Yoko read your opinions on the air. Suggested length for discussion is roughly 1.5 to 2 pages in length, single-spaced. Submissions will be taken through the Friday before the episode's premiere. That'll do it for this week's episode of Show Me Your News. I'd like to personally thank Samurai Panda for sending in his Brawl Viewpoint, and Second Stamp for his introduction on Show Yourself. I am always in need of your viewpoints, so please don't be afraid to send them on in. My name is Yoko, and you can either post on the Show Me Your News topic in general Brawl discussion, private message me, or email me at dojopodcast at gmail.com, for feedback and suggestions for next time. Next week, like every week, I'll go over the week that was on smashbros.com. Next week, we're definitely due for another stage. After all, it's been more than two weeks. For guesses' sake, let's say that Pokemon Coliseum makes its debut. With that, I'm Yoko, and I'm out. This has been Show Me Your News, your weekly weekend podcasting source recapping the biggest news in anticipation of Super Smash Bros. Brawl. All support comes from Smash World Forums at Smashboards.com and the Smash Brothers blog at www.smashbrawl.com. This week's shout-out goes to those who update the Mojo website. You all have to check this out, especially the Super Cosby Brothers song. Nice job, fellas. Way to keep us laughing. Show me a news! 106 days and counting. Now you're looking for the Easter egg, huh? Well, forget Yoko Barbershop Quartet. Forget Yoko Unplugged. What we're going to do this week is have the Yoko Melee Sound Effect Contest. A contest? Well, what's this? Well, what I'm going to do is play not one, not two, not three or four, 
but five melee sound effects. And what you're going to do is you're going to guess where these sounds come from in the game. Now, characters from Melee will make these sound effects, so you'll have to describe who's making the sound and how it relates in-game. So, for example, PUNCH would be Captain Falcon's Falcon Punch. But I promise you, it won't be that easy. Now, to reply to the contest, you can post your answers in the Show Me Your News podcast discussion thread, and the winner will get props in the thread and on the next episode of Show Me Your News. Sounds fun? Let's begin. I will play each sound effect three times, and three times only. You cannot listen to the sound test in Melee because, come on guys, that's cheating. Sound number one. Sound number two. Sound number three. Sound number four. Finally, sound number five. So the winner will be whoever gets the most correct by my judgment out of the five. You know, guys, have fun with this. That's the most important part. Good luck. And I will see you next week. Later.